Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in a final episode of 20, well, I don't want to call it of 2023 overall, but of the 2023 season, you know, I don't know, we'll get into later schedule eventually, but uh, Team 40's year comes to an end, runner up to a, um, I don't know what the word is, ridiculous Oklahoma squad that just, Gwen, you got a better word for me here to fill this in? I don't know how to fill it out. It's just Oklahoma. I don't know. (laughs) It was it was a tall task. What adjectives are there left? I don't know. It just well, we can get into it in a bit, but it just felt like it was going to be you had to score and be the first one to score, and I don't know, man, that team was scary, and they proved to be that. But I don't think there's any regrets for this Florida State season. A a great team, forty to finish runner up, second in the country. So welcome in Seminole Softball Rap Podcast. Like I said, closer for 2023 season, Brian Pellerin. Gwen Rhodes didn't get her name wrong this week. Thank you for those who, who get that from when I butchered it like 15 times last week, like it was a difficult name. Uh, we're going to kind of go, I guess, through the semifinal, through the championship series. We won't go into as much detail as we normally do because, um, quite frankly, I won't end up meaning a whole lot. But I think there's some things that we'll touch on as we get there. We'll talk a little bit about who's leaving. We'll talk about uh, the careers of those who, who are heading off, Cat, uh, looking at you specifically. And then we'll talk a little about what's coming in and what they kind of still need to address, plus the big news in, in college softball from today, uh, which Gwen, Gwen might have had, had a little in advance there. Uh, Jordy Ball leaving uh, Oklahoma and heading to Nebraska, and hopefully Florida State never has to see her again. But you know, <laughs> uh, we will start with a season recap and uh, – I saw you smiling as I said it. It's it's definitely not a a disappointing year, and it's one I think in most seasons, it's a team that clearly proved they could win a championship, and it just just kind of happened to be one where Oklahoma was just overwhelming. Yeah, and it's just you know you always like the goal is to end at the Women's College World Series. It's always to end in the championship series. Um, it's always the goal to end as the winner. Unfortunately, Florida State was like two games, three games, whatever, away from that. Um, But, I mean, they got to accomplish two of the three. Um, And Oklahoma was overwhelming, but I think we played them really well up until there was, like, a mistake. And then after that, like, Oklahoma just went pedal to the metal and didn't look back. And it was just – it was too much to overcome at at that point. Yeah, it – and I don't – you know, we can get game-specific and things, but it felt like in that game they had to play perfect. Yeah. Um, and it's it's at that level where, yeah, even just the smallest mistake or even not even a mistake. I mean, you know, a, a home run gets robbed and then the whole game flips on its head. You know, it's oh <laughs> that kind of thing. But this team all year long from our first episode and 
for those of you who are excited for 2024, if, if Gwen and I are both still still doing this and, and next year and Tomahawk Nation and all the things we we I imagine we'll be doing this because it was a blast. Um, I think our first episode, well, we'll probably start earlier next year, but our first one this year was was right after the St. Pete Clearwater Invitational. And, uh, you know, I, I remember the comments of of can this team be a, a WCWS team? Is this a team that can get to OKC? Is this a team that can host a regional and, um, you know, they end up just really running through the ACC regular season and tournament. Um, the only time they really got pushed in the postseason was South Carolina gave them that one game. Um, yeah. and, and then the second game, obviously, you needed a, a spectacular game from Cat, but that's kind of how this is going to go. You ran through your super and then you really ran through the, the Women's College World Series. Um, it's just a really... To look back where I guess we start we started this year and you know the team obviously had had higher expectations coming in had the slow start but burned quick I just don't know where you could be disappointed with how this turned out and um I mean to sound to sound cheesy doing it and and it was pretty quick from everyone right after to just kind of you know thank you team 40 I mean it was it was a really fun ride with a fun team Yeah it's just like this team had so many great players and I think that the overall expectation of Florida State softball and especially what we've seen in the past like month or so is like the team just really truly relished playing together and playing for each other and playing Florida State softball um and I think that that really showed the past like month and a half or whatever and like they just played for each other and having fun and that's also part of what gets you to Oklahoma City right like of course like you're on the field product is 90% of it or 80% or whatever and then the other 10 or 20% is like, you have to love each other. You have to have fun. You have to get along, whatever, to get to Oklahoma City. Cause like the teams that hate each other are A, probably gonna play bad, and B, like just don't have that chemistry to trust each other the way that they do. Um, so it was really great to see that as well. Yeah. I mean, so even stuff from from Sid Cheryl in the in the front row and hosting the team to uh you know, I mean, to to be very intro introspective or looking at ourselves or what, patting ourselves on the back, but but your dad posting videos of, <laughs> uh, you know, the parents getting the softballs in the stands and everything. It was just um, so easy to root for this team, and yeah. and um, that's what made not only just their great play, but kind of the way they went about it, and it made it such a joy. They weren't some kind of robotic team that was just going to step up and hit a bunch of homers and, and kill you with this dominant pitching. It was just finding a way, a different way to to do something interesting every time you turn on the TV. Yeah, I also think like, you know, at the beginning of the season, we talked about, you know, the people who pressed the panic button really early on and we just talked about it. And I think my final thought on that is like, we've gone through the entire season now. We had the rough middle part. We had the rough beginning, whatever you want to call it. And then we ended at Oklahoma City. So I guess this is just a let the season play out kind of talk um, a little soapbox <laughs> where it's just like we're gonna it's 50 games like I, I think I've probably said this way more than I needed to this season but it's just like it's 50 games of the season like a weekend at Syracuse or a weekend in Clearwater like isn't gonna end the season um so just 2020 I guess is hindsight but yeah I get that's my final top topic tip whatever you want to call it um heading into next season so i don't want to have this conversation again next season is what i'm saying <laughs> she's saying everyone chill out i will say the the one thing too from that a uh, long term was i guess um 
you know, just to revisit it. And, and at the time there was, um, even from, from myself, and I'm not afraid to point the finger at myself. Yeah, we could talk about others, but on, you know, coaching decisions and why are we yeah. pitching this person? And why is, why is the lineup like, well, third base is a struggle. And, you know, um, those things all answered themselves, you know, yeah. I, you know, and you got to remember that these are college young women, you know, these are 18 to 22 year olds. They're not, you know, professional they're not 30 year olds making you know a couple million in the majors or you know the fast pitch leagues or any of that you know this is yeah. college students it's not as easy as um i'm going to show up day one and i'm going to play gold glove level third base i've got to get yeah. reps i've got to work on it and um you know i think that's one area too that i always try to remind myself for this you know you can't expect them to walk on the field the first day and be that level. It's a big adjustment from high school to this, or, or, you know, maybe you're out of position or any of that kind of thing. Um, But, you know, that's, that's where, like I said, the coaching staff really, and the way they mix pitching, the way they trusted the rotations and, um, you know, put Mac on the shelf for a while for, you know, whatever the reason was, but then she comes back and pitches out of her mind for the end of the year. And, you know, it just, it all seemed to work. Um, I can't really, uh, hats off a season well done. And, uh, We'll get to the Oklahoma was just too good situation in a second. But I mean, again, I don't think they were really that outmatched. It's just yeah, a play here, a play there, and it and it turns on its head. Yeah. And I guess we can just jump right into the Oklahoma stuff because I feel like there's kind of a lot to talk well, about. I did have a, a Tennessee question for you, Tennessee okay. game question for you first. So uh, th- I do want to quick give you the shout out because we did our preview and you said you thought Mac would start and she did. Um, and she was again great. She gave up a homer in the first, but was great after that. Uh, the offense rebounded, but I wanted to touch on specifically in this game um, was McKenna. Mm-hmm. Um, this <laughs> is where um, she first batter three pitch strikeout, second batter three pitch strikeout, illegal pitch. Uh, she gets called for four of them in the inning. Yeah, um, loads the bases. Obviously, Lonnie's pissed. She's out there cursing in all directions and. Uh, I mean, which is great. You know, you've got you've got to cape up for your for your player there. But I guess what did you make of the calls there? I mean, it was pretty obvious if it hasn't been called all year, it seems odd to go to it in that spot. But uh, what did you make of the calls? And then I'll follow up with uh, McKenna's ability to to rebound from it and uh, just coach's ability to go out there and and a back her up and then b trust her to leave her in. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it was just like so ridiculous. And then afterwards, like she didn't get called for any more. She didn't get called for any in the Oklahoma game. I think there was an entirely different umpiring crew for the Oklahoma series. Um, so that plays into it as well. But it's just like, it's so ridiculous because like what she's doing doesn't give her like this huge advantage. So like what she did, it wasn't crow hopping. It, I mean, she was doing that, but like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't crow hopping is what she was getting called for. It was her back right foot, so the foot that she doesn't have on the rubber because she's a left-handed pitcher, was when you put it there, you can't move it until you're going to pitch. And she was moving it like ever so slightly. Like if you watch Cat, like Cat kind of digs her back toe in, um, and then it stays there and doesn't move. But like Kenna was like moving it like maybe an inch or something to the left um before she pitched. And that's what she was getting called for. And it's, it's just ridiculous because you know, like what, how, how is that giving her an advantage? I truly don't know. Um, I, yeah, coach had every right to be pissed. Like if coach is out there yelling at umpires or cursing at umpires, whatever she was doing, like, that's how, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like, I feel like 
I feel like T will or like T cam or whatever, like they're kind of the ones that like get more fiery. Of course, coaches like the pitching coach. So she would get more fiery because it's Kenna. Um, but I feel like those are the coaches you would see get more fiery and having a big coach. It was just kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, and then like, and to be clear, get, if she, if she wasn't cursing, then, you know, I mean, that's just my poor lip reading. That's, that's Well, yeah. Like she was getting visible. She was heated for sure. Right. Yeah. Yes. And it's just like, people can make the comparisons to Jordy ball or like Carlin Pickens or Ashley Rogers, like who played for Tennessee. Like it, it is unfortunate. And it really does suck because they weren't doing what Kenna was doing. They were crow hopping. So they were technically illegal. And it's like, yeah, they weren't getting called for that. And it, it's just, it's, I don't, I don't know. It frustrates me too. Well, what, what did you make of her ability to still get through that? I mean, she's a freshman. She's yeah. pitching in a, a, a semifinal game. Obviously it wasn't kind of do or die. They had a backup, but this wasn't, a, I mean, a blowout at this point. This is still a, a, I think it was either 1-1 or 2-1. I got to look at my notes again, but yeah. and this is a very close game that she, yeah, it was 2-1, um, that she's getting called for like every other pitch. They're just like, no, nah, that's, that's an illegal pitch. And it's like, I already struck this girl out twice. You, yeah. You know, I still have to keep pitching. <laughs> I think that's like what Kenna's good at though, is like, you know, her personality, it just seems that she's very stoic and she doesn't let things bother her too much. Um, like if we look back to last year when Emma Lemley was getting called for a thousand illegal pitches during our series against Virginia Tech, um, she kind of crumbled a little bit. Like she couldn't fix her problem and she couldn't buckle down when she needed to. Um, and that really speaks to like Kenna's performance and Kenna's mindset. Like she can, she probably went back in the bullpen with coach of the next half inning and fixed or tweaked or whatever you want to call it, what she needed to, to stay in the game for as long as she did. Um, so yeah, I, I, and she's still like, I hate to say this, but she still kind of did pitch illegal, but it just wasn't getting noticed, um, which is fine. Like, that's what you want, right? Like, <laughs> because then at that point, if she does get called for it, it's, it's getting out of hand and it's getting ridiculous, but yeah. Yeah. It almost felt like a, I dare you call it again. Yeah. Like just, just here, just, if you're going to stop the entire game, do it. You're going to, if you can't call it on every pitch, it's, 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 what's the saying for like holding in the NFL. You can't, you can call it every play. You just got to decide when you're going to yeah. do it. So and I think just looking towards the future, like having Kenna in that moment, not crumble to the pressure or whatever is very, very good for like supposedly the ACE role that she's going to assume in the next couple of years. Um, so maybe that's just kind of naturally, maybe that's also a little bit of Ellie Cooper, the mental performance coach helping her out. Maybe that's also Kat helping her out, like probably all three of those things, right. Um, coming together and like helping Kenna in that way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 30 over here. And I was thinking when she went to the bench at the end of the half inning and sat down and was just kind of smiling. And I was like, man, I'd be sitting there like in my own head, like my foot, this, I got to twist and turn. I was like, she just walked in and didn't care. And yet you saw Josie like sit down right next to her and like make her laugh. So it's also the team rallying around her. It's the senior leadership rallying around her. So she's not getting in her head about it or it's like, you know, Hey, kind of like, isn't that ridiculous? And she's like, yeah, ha ha. Like, I don't know. I'm just assuming, but not letting her think too much of it. And like, that's really great. So. All right. So I cut you off before I'll let you have the floor to start your Oklahoma discussion. However, you'd like. I don't even know where to begin. Honestly, I forgot, like, I forgot where I was going to start. I guess. The two, I can take it from the top if you'd like. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know if you can hear the people running in the hallway. I'm in a hotel for those listening. Um, This is the first episode of the podcast where Gwen and I are in the (laughs) same state. We're still not, we're still an hour apart, but we have, we are in the same state. This is the first time in in our two years of doing this. It is. And then 
on Saturday, we just talked about this before we started recording. I'm going to Brian's hometown. He's not even going to be there. Oh, so, hometown where I live now. But yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, I I think game two when Kaylee got her home run robbed, like that kind of you feel like that would have won the game for us, right? Because it was a three run home run. It was zero zero at that point. Yeah, um, I don't even remember the final score. To be clear, three one was the final. Yeah, so it's like if that run still like if everything else went to chalk, like it would have been four, three, like whatever. Um, but it, it's just like Jada Coleman is so good. I was talking to people about this. Like you almost have to hit it over the bleachers in the outfield or have to hit it very deep into the bleachers in the outfield for it not to get robbed against Oklahoma. Like that's just what Oklahoma outfielders do. It's just what Jada Coleman does. Like if you've never watched an Oklahoma softball game, like I don't know like what you're doing because Jada Coleman does that daily. Like that's her literal job almost. Um, so it like, I feel so bad for Kaylee and like Kaylee's on social media talking about it. And like, it's kind of funny, but it's, it's just like, damn. Um, yeah, it's a tough one because like you said, it felt like it, it was the play you needed because in game one, you're shut out yeah, and you've had a couple of chances to score and just haven't had that one swing to do it. You got people on. You just got out of it with a um, a play from Mudge in the top of the third to get out of bases loaded jam, and you yeah. have your shot to go up three nothing in the third inning with your ace on the mound, you know. And it was it was a gut punch and a half because it felt like it's hard enough to hit this team to begin with 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 Jordy and and whatnot, and to them then when you actually crush one and it's a home run. <laughs> by a decent margin it wasn't like she just reached over the wall she had to jump for it but yeah. it's like i'm gonna not only have to hit a home run i'm going to have to crush a home run if i'm gonna get the ball to fall in and that's just that's that's, that's a tough ask it's like I, it's like we said before it's it's, it's having to play perfect but yeah. even when you play perfect and hit a home run you've got to hit it an extra 10 feet because she can jump out of the gym yeah and i guess the other thing i was going to say like i was I was pretty impressed about how we hit Jordy ball. Like when we played Jordy ball in Oklahoma in March, we couldn't touch her. Like she was just blowing the thing past us and it was hard, but I mean, I felt more confident game two because it was Alex Sirocco and Alex Sirocco is good. I'm not trying to diss Alex Sirocco or Nicole May who didn't play, but could have started. Um, but I mean, Jordy ball was, I guess now the <laughs> staff. Um, but yeah, I think also in game one, Mac started, she did really well. I was very impressed with Mac. Um, I was kind of surprised she went as long as she did. I honestly think this is another, another thing I was going to talk about. Like people were like, oh, why do we take Mac out? Or why did we put, I think it was Kenna in. After here's, Mac? here's Brian's note. Hate the choice to go to McKenna. Haven't seen how this plays out yet. Don't like it. Yeah. So, you know, they went to McKenna after Mac they didn't a lot of people are like oh he should have gone to cap blah blah but it's like I get it I get it I get it she's your ace but it's kind of like the South Carolina thing where it's like you're saving cat for game two like point blank period like cat's not coming in this game um you have six other pitchers to help you get through this game one um and that was the plan um I get it I I personally think Mac could have stayed in longer um I think what she came out after a runner had gotten on base but I she had done that a couple innings prior. It was a, it was a hit by pitch too. It wasn't yeah. like it was a, a loss. She lost complete control. It wasn't yeah. like she got one crushed. Yeah. And 
I think I don't think McKenna got called for any illegal pitches. So it's like no, but I I get not wanting to go to McKenna because Oklahoma kind of like rocked her a little bit when we went out in March, um, and she wasn't on her like <laughs> it's very hard to pitch against Oklahoma. I get it, but like you know she wasn't pitching the way she needed to against Oklahoma um, in game one. So maybe someone else. I was honestly surprised to see Allison Royalty. I was very surprised. Um, because uh, yeah. Allison, I don't know the last time she pitched before this, to be quite honest. So, uh, I, I, my question on it would be I, I thought the way Mac started, I think you were capable of leaving Mac in there, yeah, beyond that. I, I think if your plan was, and again, I, I preface this in the very beginning, she knows Co- coach knows more than I do, and that's that's totally fine. Um, but you know, my job is to sit here an armchair quarterback and like, I know what I'm doing. Uh, but I felt like if the plan is to save Cat for game two, which is a different discussion on top of it, mm-hmm. um, holding Oklahoma scoreless through three is already a tough task. And I understand being like, well, how many more can she go? Yeah. But I guess there's the idea of just write it, right? Just uh, until she really wheels fall off the bus, we're just going to keep on going. Yeah, and I think, but that's also hard because when we played Oklahoma the first time, it's like we didn't give our pitchers a chance to have the wheels fall off. It was like one base runner, you're done. You know, one time through the lineup, you're done. Um, and that was probably like that seemed like the plan as well for Mac. Like, yeah. yes, she went three or four innings or whatever, and she had a couple base runners. But it's like I would honestly wouldn't be surprised if like her Mac, she had a Max base runner. Like she could only allow X amount of base runners and then she was done, you know, because like Oklahoma, we said this before, like one little thing. It doesn't matter if it's an error. It doesn't matter if it's a hit by pitch. It doesn't matter if it's a single, like they will take anything that you will give them. Um, and Coach Joe was very well aware of that and took Mac out of the game. So, yeah, I mean, my, my other thought there was if you're going to take her out. You're at a point against Oklahoma, you're in the fourth. Mm-hmm. There's what uh I, I wrote it down as 12 isn't right let me see fourth fifth sixth, seventh. yeah so you're 12 outs from the end of the game and you're zero zero i think if you had told them before the game you're tied with 12 outs left right you've made it through three three times through the well, first time through the order and you're tied i think you take it. um yeah. and at that point i'm like you have a chance to grab the game there you're gonna have to beat up twice and i was like i feel like at that point doesn't cat give you the best chance i understand where you're like I don't want to go cat maybe versus Jordy who looks ridiculous against us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I guess in a game three, that's going to end up happening anyway. Am I, is, is it not? Yeah. And I, that's fair because it's like, it, I also think like even who matter, who, who matter, whoever you put <laughs> in there, McKenna, Allie, Allison, even cat, you know, to take over defensively, like your offense still has to do something. Yeah. Like, Zero is not going to win the game. Yeah, like Cat going out there isn't going to win the game. As great as a plan as it would be, or, you know, catch your ace or whatever, like, and she can hold you. I mean, the other pitchers can too. I mean, but your offense still has to do something. And your offense still has to respond when McKenna gives up in our run or whatever. You're looking around like you're confused. Yeah, I just had a real loud noise in my in this room I'm in here. Now it's my <laughs> turn. I'm at my own house though, but uh, I don't know if it sounds like the ceiling fan is about to fall in on me. But 
Yeah. I mean, it just, it felt like the wheels fell off from there. I mean, obviously you ended up losing only five, nothing, but I mean, you had a mudge robbed home run from being away from being run rolled there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when that one left the bat, I thought it was over. And I mean, obviously, so did I, I, I forget who hit it. She put her hand up and everything coming Haley around. Lee. That was, that was kind of crazy because after she robbed that, like they showed Haley Lee, like in her home run trot, like celebrating like the look of horror that came across her face when she realized <laughs> that Kaylee Mudge had just robbed her home run was like, really hilarious i you know it's funny but i mean you dream of hitting a walk-off home run in the world series right yeah i mean mudge also was sports center number one for that play so um the one thing that we didn't mention from this game too was in the top of that inning where where mac ended up getting pulled mckenna uh, comes in and gives up the three runs was mac coming about a foot away from giving fsu a 2-0 lead there with that liner down the right side that that just fell foul um Obviously, you're playing a completely different game if you're up two nothing there in the top of the fourth. Yeah, um, you're maybe looking at a two zero lead and, and a runner on second. Instead, you get a foul and and zero zero. Um, so you know that's one play there that I, I think was was worth it. Again, in the championship, the one other thing we can touch on here, I think, was um, just the Mac home run. Yeah. Um, the way overall, and I don't want to call this the Mac Leonard um, legacy conversation, but just. <laughs> The way she's played this postseason, um, I mean, I, I don't know what more you could have asked for her to really show up in these moments. It was bunting. She had a home run. She pitched. Um, I don't know what more she could have given this team down the stretch. Yeah, and it, it just kind of feels like with Cat too, one of those seniors that's laying it all on the line. Um, and, yeah, it's, I'm kind of at a loss for words sometimes because it's like, her and Kat, I mean, of course, the other seniors too, but like, I just feel like those two, especially just really like poured everything they had into the program this year and this past couple months. And it, it's just, it's been really great to see. And I like, I, I can't express like how happy I am for Mac. And like, I know her parents, like I can, I know how like happy and excited they are um, that Mac was at Florida state, that she got to finish her career the way she did um, and play the way she did. So it's been really great. Yeah, especially going out like that. I mean, the mo- I mean, you had the moment when she homers, I think it was, and her and Kat are hugging in the dugout. And, um, you know, it, it goes back to what we said at the top. This team just, yeah, it's so easy to root for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really sweet because anyone who watched the games in Oklahoma City probably knows, like, every player who hits a home run, their family gets the home run ball. Like, that happened to Hallie. That happened to Mac. And it's just really great that it happens to every player obviously but like for the seniors it feels even more sweet and you know seniors like mac for exactly the reasons i said like having her parents have that is just, it's great um so i think that about covers the only other thing that i had a note to mention was the bk home run too which is just another yeah, BK, how amazing was that <laughs> it was so unexpected but i'm so happy she got that and uh, I, I, I think she was surprised a little bit and it worked out so it's one of those just like it seemed like everything was working out for florida state you you put mac in the circle which puts her in the lineup and boom home run and i'm like well man they just and, and any string they pull seems to work and, and until oklahoma walked on the field but yeah, uh, yeah that I, was great she was she was living her best life then yeah i will say like bk is one of those players where i'm so glad that she got the opportunities that she's gotten um like this last half of the season or this season because last year she was hurt 
Um, she played for a little bit at the beginning of last season, um, but having her come over from South Florida, you know, she wanted to end here. She got like the opportunity of a lifetime to play in the Women's College World Series and hit a home like you're her first ever home run as a Seminole. Like that's insane. Um, and we've kind of we've been seeing, you know, this growth of Bethany this last couple months, you know, hitting for power um and just being really good defensively so i think that home run was like the culmination of everything and it was awesome uh the one I'll, i'm gonna try and force you to, to to push through the tears here and and we'll we'll do the conversation on cat's career uh she finishes the all-time leader in pitching appearances she saves 18 she had 107 wins in the career 718 innings pitched I think the the game that'll probably go with her forever is that uh, regional championship game against South Carolina. It's really hard to top that because I really don't know how much more perfect you can be than that. Um, I mean, she was everything. Yeah. I mean, just anything, everything you could ask for in a player. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I start crying right now, but um, it's just, it's really crazy because, you know, we've had so many great pitchers in the past. Um, and it's hard to say this because we've had so many good ones, but it's like, I, I think Kat, like, obviously the stats are like, yes, Kat is the best pitcher, um, in Florida state history, but just like her overall attitude, like it's, it's crazy to see how far she's come and embrace the role of being a leader, embrace loving her team. (laughs) Like, it's crazy because, you know, you watch these coaches talk about their players and they say really positive things about them. They talk about how great they are. But, like, if you have your coach crying two months before the season is over, talking about you in an in-game interview, like, that really speaks to who you are as a person. Um, and just, like, the impact you've left on the team. And, it, yeah, Kat's great. I don't – I mean, I don't know what else to say without, like, getting super emotional about it. But, I mean, she just – I hope that – she stays around the program as long as she can. Like, obviously she's going to go play pro um, this summer. And I don't know what her plans are after that, but I hope like, you know, she's a volunteer or something this next season. Um, Because I think the program will be be better for it. Kat will be better for it. The players will be better for it. And yeah. Yeah. I think everything you said really speaks to it. A, a, a spectacular pitcher. Mm-hmm. who was as good as it got in the biggest moments and, and countless times over and over again for this team and, and previous years. And uh, somehow tops it all with what seems to be, uh, you know, I don't know her personally, but from what I can understand, a, a even better person, you know, like you talked about, if you can have your coach crying like that, if you can have the your teammates seemingly, um, you know, constantly just looking towards you that way and and being that type of leader. Um, you know, it's the type of person you you obviously miss around a program. It's the type of player that's hard to replace. And um, you know, I guess that's one of those, that's what makes them special, right? Is yeah. it's it's hard to see them leave, but um that's what makes the top tier players the top tier players because they yeah. are that type of leader. And I, I think a lot of programs, no matter of sport, have this mindset. Um, But I know Florida State softball specifically has the mindset of like, you want to leave the program better than you found it. And like, that's absolutely what Kat did. Like she got to be a freshman when Megan King was there. 
and you know see how she does things as the ace as a person um and Kat just took that and like times five did or times tens did like whatever you want to say like she did it Kat's way um but like with a little Megan sparkle or whatever like she learned from the people that came before her um and hopefully that role now goes to Kenna um you know it can be hard to make a freshman um being as good as Kenna is but having someone like Kat you know only makes Kenna a better person only like she's a great person now but like just you know makes her a better leader makes her a better player makes her better everything um so it'll be really great to see Kat's impact on Kenna in the years to come too yeah I mean I think she sees the opening and it's just how long it takes I don't want to say how long but you know when does she recognize it's her time to take the role when does she feel vocal enough to step in and take it and and whether it is it is Kenna or it's um maybe Michaela or it's you know someone else in the line who's who takes that role you know obviously we don't know we'll see how that plays out in the the few months here leading into next season um but that hole is there and and we will see who fills that one uh obviously we've touched on Kat and Mac a little bit about Keen other seniors um do you want to touch on um Ali Dubois, I think <laughs> I have a dry throat. Um, played a really like great, impactful season this year. Like she wasn't a like she was a starter, but like she didn't throw seven innings or whatever. But like just having those team players like Allie, those role players like Allie, like Allie was one of the best players at her old school. Like she was the best in the conference, she was the best at her school. And having a player like that come over and not be selfish and be a team player and know what she's expected of and just come out there and perform because she loves her team and loves like the goal that they've set for her. It's really great to see. And I think, you know, Kyle O'Presti was also a senior this year and she's not like a starter. She doesn't play that often, but you know, from what I've heard, literally everyone loves her on the team. Like she is such a great person. I've met her mom a few times. Um, she's a great woman as well. But like having those people like on the bench that are role players as well, like they don't make, you know, this huge impact on the field, um, but they make a great impact with who they are as a person um, really speaks a lot too. And that's what Kaya did. Like, she, like, like I said, literally everyone loves her from what I've heard. Um, she's funny. Like she helped the team where they needed because she was a bullpen catcher. Um, she's been kind of bitten by the injury bug the last couple seasons, so that probably hurt her playing time a little bit too. But even when she came off the bench, she made whatever impact she needed. So Kaya's another senior that kind of gets lost in the mix, but I'm glad that she was a Florida State Seminole. The other one I also had down that I'm, I'm I, I look to you because if you here, here's a nice little secret for those of you who have listened along, I don't know anything. I'm just here to make Gwen look smart. Uh, Josie, I mean. What do you what do you say about Josie? Like, I mean, I don't know. Um, what is there to say about Josie that we don't already like know? Um, you know, Josie's like one of those great people too. You know, she would do anything for the team. She was turned out to be an outstanding leader. Um, and a lot of people probably forget like she didn't come here as a freshman. She came here as a as a transfer from the University of Tulsa, and that's crazy because Tulsa not a great softball team um 
But having Josie come here and be the person that she was and be the player that she was, like, she wasn't a power hitter all the time. She did start to be, um, but she wasn't, like, this huge power threat all the time. Like, she was also kind of those, one of those role players offensively, I would say, because she was in the nine hole, like, sack bunts, whatever. She did what she needed to do. But, I mean, Josie will be remembered defensively, I think. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's kind of like what she was known for. Um, but you need yeah. that. I mean, you need yeah. players like that. And obviously, I mean, um, <laughs> you can look no further uh, than the uh, the play against Washington, right? I, I remember that, right? Um, I was like, what team was that? Jesus. Um, it feels like years ago now, somehow. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, you need players like that. And, and that's one of those plays, I think, that will stand out. Yeah, and I think, like, this year we kind of had, you know, during our games, whenever someone would make an error at third base, like, whatever, you know, the announcers would always be like, oh, yeah, you know, they're really missing Sid Sherrill. You know, like, they've lost a key player in Sid Sherrill. And I think next year, like, those two players are going to be Josie and Cap because of just, like, the huge impact that they had on the field. Um. So, Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those <laughs> things you don't notice it's gone until it is gone. Um, I will now go ahead and turn into the, the portion of the show that, again, I just set it up a second ago with this is where Brian knows nothing and he's just here to make Gwen look smart. So I'm going to just basically get out of the way and, and play game show host for Gwen. Um, but we want to look ahead to 2024. We had a couple of, of messages on Twitter. I mean, Jesus, what, maybe seconds after the game, Gwen? <laughs> uh yeah, already like recruiting transfer portal what, what's going on what do we need who are we losing uh we've already talked about the holes they've got but obviously they are beginning to fill those so in recruiting the three players in my short research that i pulled together that i think were the main um <clears throat> ones i found from the perfect games top 100 because the others are all behind paywalls and your boy ain't got it like that um the three that came to came to the top uh I'll go one at a time, I guess. You got the pitcher, Alfred, and I'm going to go ahead and apologize on the front end to your parents if they're listening, to you, your, the recruits themselves. I'm sure I'll learn your names and how to pronounce them as we go. Ashton Danley? Ashton? Yeah. That's a new one for me, okay. Uh, number 23 overall. They've got to rank number two in extra innings, elite 100. Tennessee Gatorade softball player of the year. I, I saw on the little blurb, Coach Wilson's calling her possibly the highest ranked recruit in Florida state softball history. Yeah. Um, it seems like she can do both. She can, she can pitch and she can swing it. Yeah. I don't like, it's, it's so hard to determine if these pitchers are going to be two way players, just because a lot of the time these days, like when pitchers get to college, they stop hitting. Um, but you know, we'll see. I mean, at one point, Emma Wilson also was a two way player, um, but now she's just a pitcher. So who knows? Yeah, my guess is you'll probably end up picking one just because of the time commitment it takes. Um, But, you know, I mean, who knows? Some players, I mean, you got Valerie Cagle. Yeah. I mean, it also just kind of depends on, like, what your team needs offensively. So, who knows? Yeah, I also don't want to put the pressure on, like, hey, welcome to campus, you're Valerie Cagle. (laughs) Yeah, go (laughs) one player of the year. Yeah, go be player of the year. Uh, Next one, I've got infielder number 25 in those rankings, uh, Isabella Torres. Mm -hmm. Like, number nine in uh, extra innings softball's 2023 recruiting class as well she's a two-time pgf all-american yeah um fun fact about her 
she was actually committed to Texas A&M. Oh, um, good. Good. Good call on good call, Isabella. But because and her sister also played for Texas A&M, but she now plays in McNeese. Um, oh, good. Yeah. But because of the coaching change, that all disappeared. Hmm. Um, or I assume so. Yeah, she's really good, too. It looks like she is an infielder. So, yeah, I don't know what her primary position is. Uh, from of... reading, it sounds like possibly shortstop. Yes, um, like, I thought I would read there. That might be a position. It seems like she's more of a glove than a bat at this point. But yeah. And so it's like, that's kind of what we need. Um, we do have Avery, to my knowledge. Um, who knows with the transfer portal and everything. But depending on how good Isabella is, um, she could be a starter or she could be switching time with Avery or possibly like. We bring in a transfer. I don't know. Um, but I think Isabella is probably going to be a um, front runner for that um, shortstop spot. Uh, next is probably another hole to fill at first base. Uh, number 41 in that perfect game rankings. It's Again, I apologize. Angel Lee Bueno. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 11 in the extra innings, extra elite 100. And it seems like she can hit. Yeah. And I... <laughs> See, this is where I get conflicted because, um, I mean, the dream is to have like all these freshmen like come in and be amazing. Be amazing um, for day yeah. one. You are amazing. Yeah. So, but that's also not realistic because I don't. How many? Like we had zero freshmen starting this season, so it's like, I mean, other than McKenna, yeah. um, and Maddie Bach a little bit, but like they're pitchers, so I feel like it's a little bit different. Um, I I I have an agenda. No, no disrespect to Angelie, but I have an agenda of Brie Ellis from Auburn coming to Florida State. I don't think that's as realistic as I want it to be. Um, but Brie Ellis is a um, transfer uh, first baseman. But I, I think if we don't get, I don't see why we wouldn't try to bring in a, a first baseman. But if not, I wouldn't be surprised if Angelie is the starting first baseman. In all honesty. Well, you spoke it into existence, transfer portal. Uh, so those are the three I took down from the perfect game rankings because those are the ones I could see. Yeah. Um, if there are others out of the class, I know there are more. Um, yeah. And odds are some of those will be impactful, but I didn't I didn't want to just kind of go through all the whole group of them, but are any of them that you feel like we should touch on? Um, I will say Jasoni Beecham is a Tallahassee native, sort of. She's not originally from Tallahassee, but she went to Florida High. Um, I believe that's what they call it, right? Florida High, FSUS, FSUS. I'm a Florida transplant. I don't know. Yeah, whatever the, <laughs> the the Florida State University school is, that's where she goes. Um, so she's a Seminole now, and she will be a Seminole next year. So good for Jasoni. Um, but she is a power hitter. Like she rakes. Let me tell you. Um, I believe her. It says her primary spot is third base. So. Who knows? Maybe if like she's one of those freshmen that's really good to start, maybe I wouldn't be surprised if she is our starting third baseman and Kaylee. Maybe I, it's hard to say because Kaylee is so good at third base um, that this is I'm not even saying this is like a possibility, but this is a scenario. If we like scenarios, um, Jasoni at third, Kaylee at first, maybe. I don't know. Um, and then Kennedy Harp. See, it's so cool because I believe Kennedy Harp and Ashton Danley, I don't know about Angeli Bueno, but they come from the same travel ball organization. Um, 
So that's cool. They already kind of know each other. But Kennedy Harp is like a, a slapper, fast, speedy outfielder. So I, my kind of vision, I think, for what Kennedy could be is like a, um, a pinch runner. Or when Mudge graduates, she's coming back next season, but the season after that, um, when Mudge graduates, she's, you know, an outfielder. Um, so that'll help us there, too, in the coming years. Well, I think actually looking through, you touched on all of them. Yeah, I just missed um, Mimi Gooden. She, I, I oh, yes, yeah, there wasn't much on her. And I, I, let me tell you, I prepared months in advance for this signing class. I knew before the National Letter of Intent Day even came around who our signing class was. And I did not know of Mimi Gooden until the day of. So I honestly don't know much about her. There's not entirely a lot on her little blurb on the website um she's a pitcher um she's from milton florida and went to gaither high school so it it really doesn't have much on the seminoles.com it says her aspirations are to be a softball for the olympics or weightlifting which sounds awesome it does it does i i just don't know and i even tried to look her up afterwards like when this all came out i honestly couldn't find much about her so I don't well, know. I mean, when looking at, at at coaches blurb on here, you know, they're talking about she's got she's been garnet and gold. Her heart's garnet and gold from the day that they met. Yeah. Um, you know, they talk about her work ethic, and I think that makes sense. If if you're someone with the aspirations of going to the Olympics, I mean, yeah. the amount of training and dedication it takes to get there is immense. And um, I think if you can bring in someone who a loves the team, loves the program, b can lift, which I like, I assume someone who is an Olympic weightlifter can, and and has that great work ethic, just a great person to have in there. And, you know, if that's someone in the locker room, who's trying to outwork everyone that just raises the bar. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those situations where I quite frankly would never be surprised if anyone out of any recruiting class from whether it's the most known person to the least known is the person who two, two years from now, next year, we're sitting here going, you know, they really need Mimi in the circle today. It's a big game. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's college. You never really know. And uh, if someone shows up and is willing to work hard, that person could be the one. Yeah. And I guess just to cap off our conversation, I can go over the overall recruiting ranking. So this class is number three. I don't know if we said that. Um, Brian, do you want to take a guess as to who's number one? Um, McNeese State. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's Oklahoma. It's not. Oh no, it's uh, Alabama. It's not. Oh damn! See, I was looking at the rankings the other day. The, I'll give you players. one more guess. I'll give one you one more guess. guess. I was going to say you put me in an embarrassing spot here to make a fool of myself. <laughs> Georgia. No, it is the University of Florida. Oh, so, you know their name was on the list a lot. Yeah, yeah. So they have. I mean, yeah, so. they have two Gatorade Players of the Year coming in. Um, I believe they're both pitchers. So, and I believe one of the pitchers is like the number one pitcher in all of the rankings for this class. So we have that to look forward to. Um, it's it's Florida, Oklahoma, us is number three, and Texas and LSU round out the top five. Um, and if you're an ACC person who wants to know. So extra inning only went to like 50, but Virginia Tech is at 12. North Carolina is at 19. I really like that. Clemson is at 20. Virginia, I also really like is at 22. 
Boston College, I like this, 26. Um, Pitt, 29. I'm really happy to see more ACC teams in like these rankings. Um, and 50 is a large number, but I kind of respect extra inning in these rankings. So I'm happy about that. Um, let's see. What else? You, uh, you did mention- Go ahead. What's that? Louisville's 50. 50. And that's where the less caps are. Yep. There is an on the bubble like section. So teams that almost could have made this list, um, Syracuse and NC State are on this. And also NC State got a new head coach. So I'm really excited to see how that plays out. A situation that always ends up uh, potentially also leading to the transfer portal, which is a great transition to where we arrived now. You've already spoken your 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 pipe dream of uh, Briellis coming over. Um, you, you gave me the heads up earlier today that, uh, Jordy was about to drop the news on the college softball world. What else? Uh, I mean, obviously we can go into that in a second, but what, is there anything out there now? Obviously it's a long way between now and the season, but is there anything that catches your eye that you're looking for, for people to keep an eye on in the transfer portal Florida state should look for? I mean, you kind of mentioned, uh, shortstop already. Yeah. Um, so I say I would, I would love to have Brie Ellis, but I I do fear, and I have confirmed that she has taken a visit to Arkansas. Um, so I do fear Arkansas okay. in her future. Um, and the pitcher from North Carolina was in the portal, Lily Backus, but she has just recently committed to, door- to Georgia as of today. Told you, um, number one recruiting club. That was my guess. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, there are, let me look. I'm looking at D1 soft. If you guys want to know, you do have to pay for this, but D1 softball does have a transfer tracker that you can look at um, that has everyone in the portal and everyone where they're going. Um, so, and there's, this is a long list. Um, and obviously it's just June, so it's gonna, it's gonna keep going. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I really like, kind of Auburn Dupree out of Georgia Tech I don't if I had to guess what we were getting in the portal it would be another pitcher and a shortstop um and the the only bad thing about this list doesn't tell you their position so I don't even know um Taryn Kern is also in the portal from Indiana I would love to have Taryn Kern she is a power hitter she's infield that could very well play shortstop but I also fear she's not destined for us um, but I would love to have her. Uh, let's see. I mean, the, the, just this list is like absolutely insane. A lot of these schools have multiple, multiple players. And I feel like Corby Otis from Louisville is an infielder. So she she was a starter for Louisville. So she could be good as well. I mean, no like huge names pop out that I don't already think are going to go somewhere else other than us. So that's kind of where I I fall. Um, but in regards to Jordy Ball, it's I was not say the, con- the biggest name in the portal was in and out of it very quickly. Yeah, well, it's not confirmed she's going to Nebraska. Like she's just going back home to the state of Nebraska. She could go to Creighton for all we know. Um, <laughs> but I was looking at her Instagram. Her boyfriend does play baseball at, at Nebraska. <sighs> so, I mean, there's that. There's your there's your 2023 investigative journalism. Where yeah. does the boyfriend play play <laughs> yeah. baseball on Instagram? So, and like 
it's a very heavy rumor that she was going to Nebraska. So I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, like that's literally the whole thing. Um, but if you're wondering why, I guess Jordy wants to do this because she plays at Oklahoma and could very well win another title next year if she wanted to stay. Um, I've kind of like just seen things on Twitter where it was like, you know, these national titles are great, but they don't mean a lot to her. Um, I mean, negative or positive, however you want to take that, but they just like don't have an everlasting impact on her and that she just wants to be someone different um, than I guess who she is right now playing for Oklahoma. Um, Well, one thing I thought stood out to me in the championship series was when she was pitching, they were talking about um, how she was um i don't know if under the radar is the right word but it was like it was like almost like oh my gosh i can't believe this girl she's so good and she came from nebraska can you guys she believe that also, she also originally committed to nebraska before flipping to oklahoma so that probably is more solid proof she's going back to nebraska the school but yeah it's it's crazy well, because yeah you look at jordy ball this is a more grand scheme this is not even jordy ball conversation anymore but um you know, you look at these great pitchers, Najari Kennedy is from Kansas, Jordy Ball is from Kansas, uh, Ruby Malin is from Kansas, I believe, um, or Missouri or somewhere like that. Um, and it, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, oh, th- she's from Kansas? Yeah, Kansas is good. I don't know. Well, the, yeah, they were like, I they they but were like amazed Australia. that she came from the Midwest. And, and yeah. Um, I just sat there and I was like, man, that seems so disrespectful. That seems so odd to just be like, like good players come from anywhere. Yeah. Like you you can find players anywhere. And, and, and I think in her note, um, and I have it here, she, she put, you know, I'm excited to return home and be Jordy ball, the softball player, but more importantly, the person Yeah, I'm excited thinking about growing the game that's provided me so many opportunities for growth in the home state, a currently overlooked state for girls in softball at all ages and I'm excited to finish the softball journey right where it began. And I just, you know, I we talked a lot about, um, you know, like the person Kat is, the leader that it takes. And I'm just really impressed that someone at 18, 19 years old is willing to say, you know, obviously it's, it'd be better for me if I stayed at Oklahoma and won four titles and was the best pitcher ever. But I'm going to go home and build my state build my hometown and help girls who are just like me and I think that's really really special yeah and it's like you know Jordy could have very well been like oh yeah I'm from Nebraska and I can play on a big stage like Oklahoma but yeah like you said like she didn't want to do that um she wanted to grow where she's from and yeah that's really special to do that and it's like I when I hear that I kind of think about states like Virginia. Virginia is a very good pitching state. Like Cats from there, Valerie Cagle's from there, Millie Thompson from Clemson is from there. Like a lot of these pitchers, a lot of great pitchers come from Virginia. And I know like and then obviously um Emma Lemley stayed in state. So it's like people like Emma Lemley and I think Keely Rochard may have been from Virginia, I'm not sure. But, you know, these players that are really good like that from states that are under-recognized, like Virginia and Kansas and Nebraska, like you want them to stay um, where they come from. Um, And you want them to build up these programs. Like when Jordy goes to Nebraska, like she's going to make Nebraska infinitely better. 
Will they win the national title? I don't think so. But she's going to elevate Nebraska to another level that they're not at right now. They're kind of like on the cusp, but they're not the best in the Big Ten. Um, And when these players stay in state at these schools, they're just going to make those teams more competitive um, and those teams better and softball better. That's my soapbox. (laughs) I I think we're all excited to see softball grow. Um, This podcast has been a blast this season. Um, You know, I said last year we, we got started, I think ACC tournament week, they played the ACC tournament and then we were done the following weekend. Uh, Obviously this year we went a lot longer in this earlier in the season and, and they play all the way until the very end. So uh, it was a lot longer for us. And, and for that, Gwen, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I want to say thank you to the listeners, the audience, uh, commenters, followers, question askers, uh, the guy who told me I talk too much. Um, you know, I, I we we couldn't do this without you guys. We couldn't get the support that we get from um, sponsors and all the things. If you if you would like to sponsor, please let us know. We'd sponsor be happy us, to bring please. you on board. Yes. Give um, us a food sponsor. A food sponsor? Yeah. I'm out here looking for someone to just give me something I can wear, t-shirts <laughs> or things. I actually don't own a Florida State shirt. So if you're out there, you know. No way. Brian, what the heck? I have a hat that I bought at Costco for $7. That's it. Yeah, that's all I've got. So if you've got one, let me know. Yeah. Um, although I'd have to share my address with some random person, I guess, but that's fine. <laughs> Maybe we um, need a PO box. Yeah, that's it. Get a PO box for the show. But no, really, I appreciate everyone listening and making this a, a fun experience this year. Um, obviously, the team being as fun as they were helped out a lot. But, um, you know, we couldn't do it without an audience that uh, pays attention, cares about the game, cares about the sport, and cares about the team, yeah. and was willing to, to, you know, put up with us and, and our uh, our schedule kind of being every other week as, as we kind of grow. I, I don't know how many other uh, college softball podcasts there are. I can't imagine there's uh, that many, but we're excited to be part of that few and, and help grow the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been really fun. And like one of my favorite things to do, obviously, if you know me, is to talk Florida State softball and to have a... It's the more- only thing we've ever talked about besides Taylor Swift. So. That's true. But to have more of a public platform, I think is really fun. Um, and just like kind of interacting with people on Twitter because of this is super fun. Um, yeah. And yeah, it just makes me happy. I won't call this the last episode of the year because, um, who knows, maybe, know. we'll, maybe we'll land Briellis and need to have an emergency pod. <laughs> or we'll finally get that coach interview we've been trying to get for three months. I said it out loud. There it is. Um, I mean, just, you know, now that we're all aware, there it is. Um, Outside of that, it really has been fun. And Gwen, I do want to say thank you to you. Uh, You've made this really easy, really fun. And, um, you know, you, uh, you know, I've made it clear a couple of times in this episode. I don't know what I'm doing, guys. I mean, let's talk about Brian's growth. (laughs) I feel like because I feel like when we did this last year, it wasn't a single thing, bro. Yeah, It wasn't so much of a conversation. Like, yes, you let me go on my soapboxes and talk for like an extended period of time. But now I feel like it's more of a conversation between Mm -hmm. two people who know and like softball. Yeah. I mean, I was someone parachuting into a season at the very end to just try and be like, Hey, they're a good team. We should do something and kind of fall into it. And this year, uh, you know, you have coached me along and, uh, I appreciate it obviously, but, uh, you've been very easy to work with very, I can't understand the names you pull deep out of the pockets of your brain. And that that makes it so much easier on me because (laughs) a lot of times I can just sit back and just let you go, which is great. Um, so yeah, thank you to you and, and uh, 
the 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 group you've been able to pull along there it's been a uh I was going to say like your dad and, and the, uh, the traveling my dad, around. My dad does also, my dad should probably get a shout out because he does like share this podcast, like religiously to like anyone who will listen. So <laughs> when our, when our numbers tick up, we know why. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't think this is the last one of the year. So, you know, it, Mr. Jim, if you want to keep handing it out, that's okay. <laughs> um, and if you got, you know, if you've got a Florida state shirt laying around, I'll, I'll share the address with you. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it could be transfer portal. It could be the interview we're waiting for. Um, we'll be around until then. I won't even bother telling you to follow me because I'm just going to tweet like one thing about LSU baseball over the next two weeks while they're in Omaha. And outside of that, you probably won't hear from me. Um, but she's okay, Gwen. O-K-A-Y-G-W-Y-N on Twitter. Gwen Rhodes, uh, Brian Pellerin for 2023 softball season here at Florida State. That's a wrap.